Thank you, everyone. So the passage that Bob just read, that word light, the Greek word for light is phos. Not a particularly interesting word at all. However, that word phos means the light, means anything emanating light. It means brightness. That light is pretty bright. But that is not the light that this is talking about. Because the origin of phos describes how light is made manifest in the world, how it becomes real, how it becomes evident, how it makes things clear for our understanding. You know, on January 6th, we entered the church season of Epiphany. And so right now, we are in that season until... February 22nd, when we start the season of Lent. The word epiphany means to show. It means to make known or to reveal. It is phos. During epiphany, we celebrate the, the magi meeting the Christ child, the Messiah of God, offering him gifts that made known to the world then and today who exactly Jesus is. Now think about those gifts. Gold, a symbol of deity. Jesus, the king of kings. Frankincense, a symbol of... Sorry, let's let's start over again. Gold is a symbol of kingship on earth. Jesus is the king of kings. Frankincense is the the symbol of deity, Jesus, the Son of God. And third gift, myrrh, is an embalming oil. It is the symbol of death, Jesus, the sacrificial lamb. Very appropriate gifts the Magi took to the Christ child very early in his life, symbolizing who Jesus is then and now. Now remember, the Magi followed a bright light shining in the sky. We know not how long, how far. We know that they followed him from a distant land to the house in which Jesus lived as a child. Through their journeys, through their gifts, the Magi revealed to the world Jesus, Lord and King, Jesus, God and love. Jesus, healer and savior. Jesus, the light of the world. God the Son, wrapped in flesh and blood, like you and me, came to be among us, to be a light shining in the darkness of this world, showing us the way to eternal life by exposing the gateway to the kingdom of God. Did you know that? The light of the world lights our path through life, leading us to the gateway to the kingdom of God. Phos, light, reveals things previously hidden from our sight, and not just our actual sight, but our spiritual understanding. I know you've probably all noticed how difficult it is to walk in a darkened room. 
Now, I got to tell you, three weeks ago, I had to empty my storage closet, and all that stuff is now spread throughout my very small apartment. And as much as I try to clear a pathway, especially from the bedroom to the bathroom, at night I am feeling my way and still manage to stub my toe at least once. Hopefully they're going to have that hole in the wall fixed this week so that I can get everything back into storage and stop stubbing my toes because they're hurting. But when we walk in the light, like even the light in here, we can see the chairs in our way, can't we? And we can move around them. And I've discovered at home even now, in the daylight, I can walk with pep in my step. And we usually do that, don't we? Especially when we're excited about whatever it is we're doing, right? Well, you know, Jesus, the light of the world, lights our spiritual path. To understand light, though, I think we also have to understand darkness. So in the passage that Bob read, darkness is the word skotia. That's an interesting word. Sounds awful, doesn't it? Well, skotia is defined as darkness. Can you finish that? Due to the lack of light. Darkness due to the lack of light. Skotia, as used in this passage, refers to ignorance of divine things. People walking in the darkness. Ignorance of divine things. And many in our world today walk in the darkness. Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, refers to walking in the darkness as acts of flesh. He says to the Galatians, the acts of flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. And he goes on, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Then he says, I warn you, as I did before, so you know, it takes us a while to get things into our head, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, how does that apply to you? Any of those apply to you? Jealousy, fits of rage, discord, hatred, selfish ambition, dissension, any of that apply to you? Probably, because I know it applies to me. But the light of Christ exposes our sinfulness for what it is, if you're willing to look at it. In contrast, to those who walk in the light, those who follow Jesus, are filled with the fruit of the Spirit, Paul says. The first fruit is love. And those of you who were here on January 1st, you'll remember Pastor Matt suggested we choose one fruit of the Spirit to concentrate on this year. Have you made that choice for yourself to learn about I hope so, because you know what? If not, you've still got ten and a half months to do it. And in ten and a half months, you can learn an awful lot about that one fruit, whichever one it is you choose. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Choose one of those and spend some time concentrating on it this year. Those who live in darkness, folks, they really do see the light shining through those who walk in the light. If you've ever been called something like goody two-shoes, like I have by members of my family, and I will never live it down, goody two-shoes over there, don't be insulted if they, if they, if they attack you in some way, if they call you names. Because you know what? They are seeing in you what Christ is emanating through you. That fruit is showing. And I think they are actually envious of the way we treat people, the way we speak to people. Jeez, the way people respect us. The attention we receive from the people who we treat with respect. Because you know what? People walking in the darkness are seeking attention, but they're seeking it in all the wrong places. And so they're getting all the wrong attention, the attention they don't want. But it is attention, so they continue. But we, as we walk in the light, we can receive a different kind of attention. And I want to thank all of you this morning who gave me words of encouragement when you heard what happened this morning. That's good attention, and that's what I like. And that's why we are the body of Christ. That's one of the things we do for one another, is we build one another up. So thank you for building me up this morning. Often, people who live in the darkness have very little regard for things of the Spirit, for the things of God. And I'm going to tell you about one of my friends. I am going to name her because some of you know her. Her name is Teresa. She was um, a chaplain, a spiritual health practitioner at South Health Campus. Back in the fall, she had an experience that traumatized her and frightened her. And I realized how long she has been in the dark because she could not accept God, her Heavenly Father. She could not pray to God to help her see what had happened. Instead, she was putting it out to the universe, expecting the universe to let things fall into place for her. And at one point she said to me, Nancy, if there really is a God, then this and this and this is going to happen. Well, there were several of us praying for Teresa. So you know what? This and this and this happened, just not quite the way she had expected it to. You know, God works in strange ways, doesn't he? So weird things happened that actually caused more pain for Teresa And she decided there is no God, period. So that hurts my heart. But I realized how how dark her world was. I discovered, too, that Teresa lives in fear. She lives in fear of anything and everything. She's very anxious. 
and she causes dissension and discord wherever she goes. It's really sad. She does not accept constructive criticism. Somebody will say something to her and she'll always have a yes, but. Yes, but. Yes, but. And explains her reasoning for doing or saying whatever it was she did or said. As I've journeyed with Teresa, I've come to understand that there are three ways, at least three ways, in which Christ comes as a light shining in the darkness of our world. Our world filled with pain and suffering. And again, I think of Teresa and the difference things have made for her. And we'll get back to her in a little bit with the rest of the story. Jesus is that light that shines in our present darkness, no matter what our circumstances are. He is here. He is here. He is always with us. First understanding, Jesus, the light of the world, offers spiritual illumination so that we can know God. He is our God. He is our Heavenly Father. He wants a relationship with us. Who is God, our Heavenly Father? How do I approach him? Do I keep him at arm's length, or do I draw near to him? Which, by the way, is what he desires, that we draw near to him. Our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. Our God, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God, the one who is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble. Our God is love. John didn't say that in the passage read today, but he says it further on in his first letter. God is love. He offers us grace and mercy when we least expect or deserve either one. That is our God, our Heavenly Father. And when we spend time with the Lord our God in silence, reading and meditating on scripture, in times of prayer, in praise or worship, in serving God through his creation, which, by the way, includes us. We are strengthening our relationship with him. Are you doing that, folks? Are you spending time with him? When we spend time with our God, we freely ingest everything he has to offer to us. His love, his grace, his mercy. Why? So that we can receive it. So that we can continue to get to know him. But also so that we can give it away to the people around us. That's the first understanding. The light of the world helps us to know who our God is in very general terms. The second understanding is similar. The light of the world offers spiritual illumination so that we can know ourselves in relation to God. Have you ever thought about that? Who are you really? The light of the world exposes our true nature to us if we're willing to accept it. Only then can we accept ourselves, can we repent of our sinful way, can we invite Jesus into our lives and say, hey, help me to change, help me to grow, help me to become more Christ-like. 
He desires to do that, folks, for each and every one of us. But we have to be willing to let him. Until recently, my friend Teresa has not been willing to let him. Who did God create me to be? Who did he create you to be? Do you know? How does he see each one of us? Well, the light of the world longs to show us how God sees us. First and foremost, he sees us as his children, each one of us. He also sees us as ones who are redeemed of our sinful nature and have been cleansed by the blood of Christ so that we can follow Jesus, so that we can represent him in the world, so that we can encourage others to do the same. Sounds simple, but it's not. Being with our Lord and Savior, we need to spend time with him, quiet time, and allow him to speak to us and open our hearts to hear him, to see him. And what does God expect from us? Well, simply, you know the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That is the first one. And what is the second one? To love your neighbor as yourself, right? That's what he expects from us. Love God, love people. And if we do this, if we love, if we love, if we love, then we can fulfill the Great Commission. Remember what that is? Go and make disciples of all the nations, he said. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's what we can do. Because, you know, as God's love flows into us, it can also flow out through us, and it should. You know, on that cross, Jesus hung on that cross. He was the center. He was the focal point. God in him, as he reached out to the people, his arms spread out wide to encompass each and every one of us. You know what? We can be that person. God's love flows in so that it can flow out. Think about that. We are his vessel of love, his vessel of light. That's the second understanding, that we can know ourselves in relation to God and know that he wants us to become like his son, to be transformed, that we might be brothers and sisters of the firstborn of God, Jesus the third understanding we need to understand that God is with us at all times we are never ever alone have you ever felt the presence of God have you ever felt the lack of presence of God Mm -hmm. remember that Jesus asked the father to send the Spirit to be with his, his followers. And our God, the Father, is faithful. He did exactly that. The Holy Spirit is with us at all times. Let's remember him. Let's call on 
our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one, because he is three in one. And when we get one, we get them all. By this light, Fos, we see ourselves as children of God. And by that same light, we see everyone in the world as ones who are created by God the Father, the God who is love. And if we see them that way through those eyes, we can see them as children of God, as if they were children of God, and treat them accordingly. Because remember that second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And who's your neighbor? Anybody. Anybody. In all of this, folks, we become lamps bearing the light of Christ, just like John the Baptist, going before Jesus, preparing the way for him so that he can enter into people's lives. But we have to have him in our life first. Is he there? Have you accepted him? Have you invited him? Because we're the ones who bear witness to the love of God, his mercy, his grace, his compassion, his encouragement. You name it, it's his to give and ours to receive and then ours to give away. This year may be a dark one for you. Maybe not. We don't know. It seems to me that the very time that we need to look to God is the very time we turn our backs on him and walk away. But that is the exact moment that we need him in our lives. Because when we turn away, depression and desolation and darkness overcome us very easily. But when we turn back to him, when we call on his name, when we become as humble as a babe lying in its parents' arms, meeting every one of its needs, as we become as those little children calling, Mommy, Daddy, I need you. God is there. God is there for us. And we need to remember that the light of Christ can never be snuffed out. We're turning toward it. It will never be snuffed out. Not by sin, not by death, not by anything. This is why we remember Jesus' promise in the Great Commission. He promised, you do these things and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Teresa lost her job on Monday. 48 hours later, she had sent out over 100 resumes. She has four interviews Two of them are positions she would really like. And now it's as if she had never, ever said God doesn't exist. She knows God is with her. She knows he has been looking after her. She knows those things that happened around Christmas time, which seemed to not be, well, they just added to her trauma. They actually were an act of God, she believes. 
because if those things had not happened, she would not have lost her job. She would not have got all these interviews. She will not be going back to, she would not be going back to the coast, which is where she wishes to be at the coast. And that's where her job interviews are. God is at work. Even in our darkest moments, he is at work. So, let's praise God when things happen, even the not-so-good things. Because he deserves our praise. We are not alone, not as individuals. We are not alone, not as the body of Christ, either. And it's important we remember that Christ is always with us, because Peter says to the the, the believers scattered throughout Asia Minor, he says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, and they will, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. Yes? We are Christ's ambassadors in the world, folks. We need to remember that. We need to be walking in the light. People need to see the light. People need to see Christ. They need to see Christ in us, flowing through us. Our purpose is to share the love of God in us with the people around us. We do a great job of doing that with the people we know and love, We do a great job of sharing and loving on people who live a decent life. Do we do as good a job on the people on the streets? Do we do as good a job with friends who are dying and we're not used to death? Do we do as good a job with people who have killed someone? Can we love them? because they too were made in the image of God, just like we were. We need to show people that life really is different when we walk in the light, when we turn out of the darkness and into the light so we are facing our God, that we are allowing him access to our very being, to our soul, that our soul is living for the benefit of God through his people, his creation. So I challenge you to turn to the light of the world at all times, to focus on Christ our Lord. Invite him into your life if you have not already done so. Nurture your relationship with him. Nurture it. Let him light the path for you. He is your light. You are the desire of his heart. Allow him to protect you. Allow him to provide for you. And be patient with him. Because we also have to remember it's God's timing, not ours. Yeah. So let's all allow God to live through us individually and as the body of Christ so that we can love his people 
today, tomorrow, and forever. Please pray with me. Oh God, you are an ever-present help in our times of trouble. For that, we give you thanks. You are the light that guides us on our path in this life, through good times and through bad. And for that, we thank you. Grant that the darkness of our lives will be overcome by the light of Christ, so that we, who have known the mysteries of that light here on earth, may enter into the faithfulness of your joys in heaven. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.